Monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Parker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Football fans want football food, so head to the Oasis Lounge, even on Sundays, because they open at 10 a.m. with your favorite football foods and drink specials. The Oasis Lounge also has the NFL package, so all the games will be on. Call your friends and make plans for Sunday football at the Oasis Lounge inside the Ramada Plaza in Sheridan. And be sure to sign up and play the Pro Football Pick'em at SheridanMedia.com because you could win this week's prize, a $100 gift certificate to the Ramada Plaza. This is Ken here at Prime Rate Motors. We understand everybody's situation is different. Not everyone that comes to Prime Rate Motors is looking for a new vehicle. We also sell and install GR brand flatbed conversions and Krogman bale feeders. Looking for a trailer? We offer a complete line of GR, Wilson, Merritt, flatbed, stock trailers, even tandem axle enclosed cargo trailers. Stop in. Let's work something out. Here at Prime Rate Motors, the Super Trailer Store, or PrimeRateMotors.com. At Steeple, we specialize in helping investors like you build and preserve your wealth, and when the time comes, pass it along to future generations. If you have questions regarding your important financial goals, planning for retirement or future education, giving to your favorite charity, or leaving a legacy for your heirs, contact me, Jim and Chosby, at Steeple Investments in Sheridan, Wyoming at 307-672-3434. Steeple Investments, member SIPC and NYSE. Once again, the Wyo Theater brings Western movies back to the big screen. Western matinees complete with free popcorn at 2 p.m. Sunday, featuring a hand-picked classic Western film presented by a celebrity host. This Sunday, January 15th, we have Duel in the Sun, hosted by Sean Patrick Higgins, star of films, stage, and TV, introducing the psychological Romeo and Juliet Western. Romeo being the raw and rowdy cowboy Gregory Peck, Juliet, the founding chore girl on a massive cattle ranch. Enter the lawyer, dude brother, Joseph Cotton, to come between the cattle baron father, the dangerous brother outlaw, and everybody's love interest, Pearl Chavez. Sponsored by Jeff Ware and Carmel Timmons. Jim and Angie Navarro. The Neal Ranch. Letterbuck Car Wash. Christine Gimp Love Foundation. True Built Builders. Mickey and Kathy McNichol. Vacutech. Gene and Vicki Sterling. And John and Helly Isley Family Foundation. Classic Western Films, this Sunday at the Wyo Theater at 2 p.m. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Public Pulse. Now, this morning from the city, I am joined by Mayor of Sheridan, Rich Bridger, and newly elected councilman, Terry Weitzel. Good morning and welcome to the show. 
Good morning, Floyd. Good morning, Floyd. Now, uh, Councilman Weitzel, where did you grow up? Uh, you're you're a new council member. Everything's kind of brand new. Uh, have you ever served on the council before? No, this first time I've ever run for public office. First time um, uh, I'm I'm a public office. And and how did you grow up and where? I grew up in uh, central Illinois, a uh, small town called Elmwood, and um, you know, grew up there. Um, uh, was born in Wisconsin, but uh, my family, uh, my dad took a job down in central Illinois, and and we moved down there when I was five years old. Oh, and, and what was life like when you were growing up? Was it the ideal America, white picket fence? Uh... It, it was. Uh, Elmwood's a small town of 2,100, a farming community. Um, still is just a wonderful uh, little town, and, and um, anyway, um, yeah, I had an ideal, I mean, we... We were safe. Uh, we could walk to school every day, not uh, worry about uh, any crime or anything, you know, much like Sheridan. Yeah. When you were a little kid, do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Um, yeah, I thought I wanted to be an architect, actually. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> and, and that never, never happened, but uh, yeah. Do you, do you still find yourself kind of walking around looking at uh, old architecture? Do you still find it really interesting? Uh, I, I do, and, and uh, you know, here in Sheridan, uh, you know, until uh, just a um, few weeks ago, I, I was a real estate agent. Um, I've retired from that. And so, yeah, houses, um, um, yeah, and, and, and how everything's all designed and all that, I'm still very interested in. Wow. So I'll bet uh, kind of that, that fascination with architecture probably really helped you in your real estate mm-hmm. business. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that what you did the majority of your life was real estate? No, no. Um, when it, We moved here 12 years ago uh, from Peoria, Illinois, and Peoria is uh, just uh, a half hour uh, east of where I grew up. And um, I was a, a political consultant. Uh, I did uh, U.S. House campaigns, uh, mostly grassroots strategies. Um, and then, uh, oh, in the spring after um, a general election, uh, we had municipal elections. So I did quite a few uh, municipal elections, um, you know, managing the whole campaign. Wow. And I uh, did that, so... What was that like? Was that a stressful situation? Yes, very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> is it so? When I think about the like campaign managing, campaign building, things like that, mm-hmm. my mind always goes to uh, kind of crisis control. Is mm-hmm. is is that a lot of it? Uh, you know, we're or do you have like contingency plans? If if this comes before us, we need to be able to match it with X, Y, or Z. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Best strategy in a campaign is to be on the offensive and not being on the defensive. And uh, a lot of good research, um, you know, with your opposition, understanding where they're coming from. Um, research also on the candidate uh, who you're uh, working for. Uh, that's really important. I always said, that, um, you know, when you're interviewing a candidate uh, ahead of time, you know, you're, you're going to ask them, you know, do you have any skeletons in your closet? Uh, because... If there are some, you want to make sure that, you know, if that comes up in a campaign, um, uh, you know, that you have a strategy to, to combat that. But most times the best strategy is just to get it out in the open yeah. uh, ahead of time, and that's where you're you're on the offensive. Own it. Right. Own your actions. Right. Uh, be responsible for what you've, what you've done in the past. Yes. And that way your opponent can't get you back on the heels. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so politics has played a big part of your life. It has, uh, but uh, this is a totally new role. I was always uh, behind the scenes and right. and, and uh, never 
in the front, and so it, it is different. Now, what inspired you to run for city council? Kind of come out from behind the scenes and step forward to the podium yourself? Um, I just uh, felt that there was a need for leadership. Well, one, um, I had uh, a few people approach me ahead of time uh, to run, and uh, I thought about it, and so I started making some phone calls, see what kind of support I would have. And um, then uh, and that was in January a year ago. Uh, February, um, I spent that time co- trying to come up with every reason not to run. <laughs> <laughs> and then made a decision on March 1st that uh, of last year that uh, I would run. So there just, there just weren't enough reasons not to run. There, there weren't. Uh, too many reasons to run. Right. Now, uh, did you act, uh, I mean, I understand it's it's kind of small compared to some of the campaigns that you've run. But when you were campaigning, did you act as your own campaign manager or as a former campaign manager? Do you kind of look at this like a lawyer? You don't only fools represent themselves kind of ideal. Um, I uh, disregard my own advice, and I did, <laughs> I did, um, I did manage my campaign, uh, but I had a really good committee. Uh, you know, of individuals that advised me, and and we came up with a message, and and uh, and we would meet on a uh, you know semi regular basis, and just um, you know go over things, and and you know I'd let them know what you know I was going to be doing as far as uh, advertising, what have you. Now, beans from you know you're you're from Illinois, correct? So I grew up there. Yeah. Now you've got a, a bunch going on there. You know the movers, you know the shakers. You're involved in government. Why go from there to Sheridan? What brought you here? Oh. <laughs> well, we moved here 12 and a half years ago. Um, was looking for a better quality of life. Um, Illinois is dying. Um, and, um, but anyway, 10 years before we moved here, uh, we started uh, using Sheridan as a base for vacations. So uh, we first came out here 22 and a half years ago. Uh, fell in love with the Bighorn Mountains, fell in love with Sheridan. In fact, what really brought us here for the first time, we kept on driving um, by Sheridan on the way to Yellowstone National Park, but we always stayed on the interstate. We never went over the Bighorn Mountains. And we started incorporating, uh, when our daughter was uh, about two years old, started incorporating, um, I guess four, four years old, started incorporating rodeo into uh, our vacations. And that's how we discovered Sheridan. The Sheridan Wild Rodeo is what really brought us here for the first time. Wow, that's crazy. Now think back on that time when you first attended that rodeo. Mm-hmm. I'll bet the thought wasn't even in your head. I'm, one day I'm going to be a city council member here. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, in those days, in fact, uh, my mentor, um, uh, Mary Alice Erickson, she's a legend in uh, Republican uh, politics back in Illinois. And... Um, She's still alive. She's 88 years old, and, and I let her know I was running for um, city council, and she said, what's wrong with you? You've, you've always told me I, there's no way that I'd ever run for uh, public office. So Yeah, and, and what, do you, what would you say was that definitive moment where you, you went from, I would never do that. I don't want to get involved in that. I've seen how that happens, too. I'm going to do it. What really sparked that? What really sparked it is, one, I was encouraged to run, and then two, um, you know, I care about Sheridan. I mean, this is my new home. Uh, well, it's not new anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, I just wanted to keep uh, our, our city moving forward. Uh, I didn't, you know, uh, stalling, a city stalling out or going backwards is a dying city. Uh, I've seen too much of that in Illinois, 
And um, Illinois is is a dying state. Um, you know, the politicians there that are running uh, things there are, are just driving people and businesses out of out of the state. And I just don't want to see that happen here. Yeah. So if you were to take a, a, a large view of Sheridan, as you approached uh, your campaign, what would you dec- what what did you decide was the biggest problems, the largest challenges facing us as a city? In your opinion, um, growth is is a big challenge. Um, you know, I want to see uh, the city uh, uh, responsibly grow. Yeah. I guess is the best way to say it. Um, you know, we need to manage things. Um, you know, we need to make sure that our growth is is, is growing. You know, in, in the right areas. Um, you know, that are maybe currently out, outside of the city and something that could be an annexed um, in the future. And and um, you know. Having quality businesses, you know, attracting quality businesses in our community, you know, businesses like, uh, you know, Weatherby and and Kennan's, you know, just really growing and, and uh, you know, having really, you know, nice businesses like that grow here. Giving us a strong, diverse economic base yes. that we can all, mm-hmm. you know, kind of build off of that. When you travel through our downtown area, uh, which is something that we're extremely proud of and for mm-hmm. good reason. Uh, because even just within our own state, I've traveled around and seen downtown areas with the boards and the cardboard, and, and it's very heartbreaking to mm. see. Was that one of the things that kind of helped you to decide, I want to protect this? Because this is, I mean, it's a thriving economic downtown area. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that play a large part in your settling here and your decision to run? Oh, definitely. I mean, and, and Sheridan's downtown is the envy of the state of Wyoming. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I travel around. Um, I'm a past uh, Rotary president here in Sheridan, and I'm currently an assistant governor for uh, District 5440, which encompasses the state of Wyoming and the northern quarter of um, of Colorado for the most part. There's 53 um clubs. And um, anyway, um, last uh, summer, last June, we had our district conference in Lander, and I got to know um, many of the Rotarians there in Lander that were um, being our hosts. And uh, anyway, um, they were just always talking about Sheridan, and they really want to revitalize their downtown and make it, uh, you know, uh, modeled after Sheridan. Wow. So they're actually looking at us as an they example are. They are. To, to follow. Yes. Uh, and now uh, I'll move on here in a second, but I just wanted your opinion on when we underwent the COVID pandemic and a lot of the shutdowns throughout the state, a lot of cities ended up kind of behind the eight ball on that one. We managed to come out pretty well. What would you say was the benefit that Sheridan had over other cities within the state of Wyoming that helped us kind of fare that bad weather? I think it was, it's our people for the most part. Um, People were, you know, there were businesses that, uh, you know, for example, um, the Pony and PO News, they came up with uh, innovative ways for uh, takeout. And uh, I know that uh, my wife and I, we, we ordered more takeout than in that period <laughs> than, than we ever have in our life. But, but you know, we were trying to support these businesses. And, and, uh, and I think that uh, you, you can give large credit to the people of this community in supporting those businesses through some really tough times. Spending locally. Yes. 
um, it, reinvesting back into the community that's uh, invested in you, I think, is, is, is so vital. Do you have any strategies to work with counselors and the mayor uh, to resolve any issues that you see coming forward? Uh, obviously, being in politics for as long as you were, even though you were behind the scenes, you had to have given advice where you said, okay, we need to, you know, some concessions have to be done mm-hmm. here. Uh, do you have strategies for that? Yeah, communication with, with the mayor and the city council members. Um, believe me, all of them will know uh, how I stand on each issue, um, you know, in the city council and uh, communication. I'll be a lobbyist for, you know, issues that I feel really strongly about. Mm-hmm. And and just a lot of talking. Yes. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we'll continue with the city of Sheridan. Stick with us. This is Public Pulse on 930KROE at 103.9 FM. Share it. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Once again, the Wyo Theater brings Western movies back to the big screen. Western matinees complete with free popcorn at 2 p.m. Sunday, featuring a hand-picked classic Western film presented by a celebrity host. This Sunday, January 15th, we have Duel in the Sun, hosted by Sean Patrick Higgins, star of films, stage, and TV, introducing this psychological Romeo and Juliet Western. Romeo being the raw and rowdy cowboy Gregory Peck, Juliet, the founding chore girl on a massive cattle ranch. Enter the lawyer, dude brother, Joseph Cotton, to come between the cattle baron father, the dangerous brother outlaw, and everybody's love interest, Pearl Chavez. Sponsored by Jeff Ware and Carmel Timmons. Jim and Angie Navarro. The Neal Ranch. Letterbuck Car Wash. Christine Gemp Love Foundation. True Built Builders. Mickey and Kathy McNichol. Vacutech. Gene and Vicki Sterling. And John and Helly Isley Family Foundation. Classic Western Films, this Sunday at the Wyo Theater at 2 p.m. Well, Brackleton's finally seeing that light at the end of the tunnel where we open back up. That small fire really had some big consequences. Anyway, the construction is very nearly completed, and Brackleton's is already gearing back up for our reopening. That said, we're looking for some front-of-house and kitchen staff to join our award-winning Brackleton staff. Stop in to apply. Just a couple more weeks, then it's good food is good mood time at Brackleton's Fine Food and Spirits, Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Remember when your mom used to say, don't break your arm, patting yourself on the back? Well, if you ignored her and broke your arm, then the Health Nut is the place for you to get all healthy again. Every inch of the Health Nut can make you feel better about yourself. The soup, sandwich, and deli bar, and smoothie so good you'll forget you even got a broke arm. Remember when your mom used to say you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached to your shoulders? Well, we can't fix that. The most everything else at the Health Nut on Sheridan's 5th Street. 
It's Thursday, and that means it's time for Hot Buys over on SheridanMedia.com. Tons of local retailers with products, gift cards, and so much more, all starting at half off of retail value. We have items from Letterbuck Car Wash, ChemDry, Secondhand Blessings, as well as Pizza Hut. Those items, plus more, all starting at 50% off retail value, only on Hot Buys on SheridanMedia.com. Bidding in tonight at 8 p.m., so get your bids in quick. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I'm speaking with Mayor Rich Bridger and freshman council member Terry Weisel. A major project to refurbish and update the road surface of the Sheridan Main Street is scheduled to begin this coming spring. There have been and will be meetings regarding this two-year project and how the work will affect our Main Street businesses, as well as traffic through that portion of the city, which, as we all know, is quite a bit. Now, Mr. Mayor, we've touched on this before, but let's remind folks, this project's going to be done in sections, correct? Yeah, what it's going to happen was we're going to start basically at Lewis and go all the way to Coffeen, um, but we're going to do it at two and three block sections at a time, so... We'll go in, um, we'll close off that section, the rest of Main Street will stay active. And then, um, that being said, with that section being closed, we're talking about taking those side streets and create temporary parking so that people can still have access to the downtown merchants. And the sidewalks will still be open, it's just the roadway then and the plumbing underneath the roadway that we'll be, we will be replacing. Now, when it comes to the, the final plans, they're all completed. Yes. Uh, Hans Mercer, uh, the department head, he's, he's happy with these? Yeah, you know, it's been a long process. Actually, it started several years back where you had meetings with the Wyoming Department of Transportation, and then they had some community meetings as well. Uh, but this has been a long process to come up with the final plans that we're going to be uh, putting into place this spring. And so um, there's just been a whole series of community outreach, that sort of thing, and uh, we will continue to have community outreach as the project progresses. Why don't we have weekly meetings for those who want to attend that are interested in where we're at with the project? And so it's going to be an ongoing process and it is going to take about two years. Now, when it comes to, and I, I'm not trying to throw any kind of wrench into the system here, but communication between YDOT and the city, has that been uh, uh, appropriate or, or enough, in your opinion? Has communication gone well between that department and the city leadership as we move forward on such a massive project? Uh, you know, no, though, they hate us and we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's been really good. YDOT's been a great partner, um, yeah. and they've been very good to work with. Uh, they realize they they want to create as minimal of an impact with the downtown merchants as they can as well. Yeah. So they've been very conscientious about that. It, obviously, it's going to be a bit of a hardship when it's going on, but um, you can't blame YDOT for not being great partners on this one. Yeah, they've really stepped up and they kind have of been. given you as much information as they have right. as we go forward. Right. Uh, I know uh, speaking with Laura Dallas, she's absolutely fantastic when it comes to sharing information and trying to get the real story out there. Yeah. And I greatly appreciate her for everything that she does up there. No, yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about YDOT. They've been great to work with. Yeah. And uh, so is there 
a place where anyone can actually view these plans? Have we managed to get them up online? Or is this something that, uh, uh, you know, is so complicated that only, say, like, you know, engineers would really understand? No, that's that's a good thought. I don't know if they're up anywhere. They have had a lot of presentations where they've shown the plans. Um, essentially, though, it's just a couple blocks at a time, tear it up, change the plumbing underneath, retop it, and then move on to the next section. So, Has Hans approached the city with anything that he sees may be a roadblock or we're going to have to overcome a hurdle here? You know, we've done the research, and of course we have all the schematics for all the plumbing underneath, so we have a very good working knowledge of what we want to do and how we're going to approach it. And so I don't think there's going to be any surprises as far as that's concerned. No, no pipes that we might, don't know about underneath or anything. No, no. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we've done all our homework. We know what we have to do. We have the, uh, the list of materials and, and uh, other engineering platforms that we need to undertake. And so um, I, I, I hopefully there'll be no prom, uh, problems or, you know, and nothing that we hadn't suspected previously. Yeah. You know, I was working over in Buffalo in this, the city planner over there. We're having a, we were having a friendly discussion. And he told me, you know, Floyd, we, we found a pipe. We have no idea where it originated. We have no idea where it was originally supposed to go, but it is just a long length of pipe that they found that some at some point in the city's development, they laid it down, but nobody bothered marking it. Mm. And, and they managed to accidentally find this when they were digging up for another project, and then there's a pipe. And yeah. so, of course, after that, you got to find out where this thing goes and where it comes from. And he said it, it literally went nowhere. But you know, it was one of those old clay pipes. Oh, really? I was, you, you reminded me when they did the original renovation of Main Street way back in the day, they actually dug down and they found like the old trolley track. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they were digging up timbers from the old trolley when the trolley used to run down Main Street. That's incredible. Yeah. Did so, we? Had, I imagine those were probably pretty worn, but were we able to save anything? I don't. That? I don't know. That was so long ago. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Hans has got something stashed in the back that yeah. we don't know about. <laughs> now, uh, tell me. Uh, so, is it just going to be pipes, or does the city have some electrical work or anything else that they need? We're going to be do? putting down water lines and uh, sewer lines. Okay. That's going to be, and then we're going to we're going to pipe in some um, lines to the respective uh, properties, so that they can tap in if they want to put a bigger line in, so they can develop their second floor. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so hopefully that'll spur some more development on the second floor. You know, there's uh, there's some apartments down there already, but a lot of those are still vacant, and they could become something really nice. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we're giving that opportunity that they can be something nice. You know, I think about those apartments uh, in a lot of downtown areas throughout the state. Kind of the older-looking apartments, aren't they? Uh, Councilman used to sell real estate. Uh, when you go up above like an old mercantile, they've got the old door that's been painted over 50 or 60 times, and you can't yeah. even tell the pattern that was underneath anymore. Exactly. Uh, so it'd be nice to kind of see those renovated and see folks popping out the window during parade time. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, and that's the hope, that if we can plummet, then they can put their fire suppression stuff where they need it, and then they can go ahead and build it. Make a nice apartment complexes. And you know, some of that charm from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s, 
you know, that sells pretty good. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are uh, suffering a bit of a housing crisis here in Sheridan. So that'd be pretty great to see. Now, can you tell me about the concurrence award? This happened, uh, was brought to the city council's attention not very long ago. And how the price of our portion of this project has increased since the original estimations. Well, you know, the original estimations were several years back, and then you experienced COVID, and then you saw that dramatic increase on just about everything. At oh, that the inflation was horrible. Yeah, so uh, the, the price came in a lot higher than the original projected price, but Dot still thought that it was worthwhile to go ahead and continue. And so the concurrence is just that they bring it back to us, and we say, yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, so essentially, we are ready to go. We are ready to go. And now, when it comes to... Uh, uh, staff investigating solutions to those parking issues that we may face during this entire thing. Uh, you said we're going to look at side streets. Right. When Those streets that are um, basically going to be vacated because they'll be blocked off because you can't get to Main Street, we were thinking about maybe uh, changing the parking pattern and then making more of a parallel parking right? so okay. that people can use, we can fit more cars there. The so, more the better. Right, so they don't have to walk as far. And then we're talking about changing our off-street parking as far as where the city parks so we can uh, – that, that parking lot that's adjacent to the to City Hall can be uh, more available to pedestrians to use. And so we're thinking about all that. I mean, we want to make it as painless as possible. Yeah. So obviously we realize there's going to be some pain, um, but we're just trying to minimize it as much as we can. And the downtown uh, uh, businesses, uh, have you received any pushback or do they understand that this is something that is really going to benefit all of us in the long run? You know, I think they realize that. They realize there's going to be a bit of a hardship. YDOT's been very good and the city's been very good about keeping them all in the process as we've moved along. So it's not coming as a surprise to anybody. So um, they they are aware. Yeah. I, I, I assume nobody's all that happy about it, you right. know, but they see that it's a requirement and that we just got to get it done. Now, this is going to take about two years. It will take two years, but that being said, come fall when we can no longer um, do construction on Main Street, they'll basically just stop, and they'll connect the old runway, old roadway with the new roadway, and so it'll just be Main Street again. Now, have they told you... Uh, are we going to get lucky and they're going to use concrete on this, or is this going to be asphalt again? I think it's going to be asphalt. Asphalt, we're just going to stick yeah. to the, yeah. But, uh, don't hold me to that. I might be lying, but I, right. think, <laughs> I, I think it's asphalt. Okay. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue with the city of Sheridan. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Are you or a loved one 
facing physical challenges and need to simplify your life, but you're not ready for assisted living. For roughly a third of the cost of assisted living, you can be living at Tumbleweed Terrace Apartments. These are one-level, fully furnished apartments close to the hospital. They feature wheelchair, scooter, or walker-accessible living, heated floors, heated bathrooms, completely designed for ADA safety amenities, including the shower. They're fully furnished, including a remote-controlled bed, lift chair, fully stocked kitchen with dishes, pots, and pans, an optional carport or heated garage are available. Snow removal and lawn care are included. These are short-term or long-term rentals, which include all utilities, cable, and Wi-Fi. Simplify for as long as you need to. Call Jane Clark, licensed real estate agent and co-owner today for your no-obligation tour and to get more information. Jane Clark, 751 55 76 751 55 76 Skyline singers Sheridan College's professional in-residence chamber choir will perform an a cappella choral concert Saturday, January 14th at 7 p.m. at Kinnison Hall. Skyline Singers specializes in a cappella music of the past five centuries in various styles, and it's a show you don't want to miss. Tickets are $25 for adults, $15 for seniors and veterans, and $10 for students. Purchase tickets online at sheridan.edu arts or call the WCA box office at 675-0306. Sheridan College, begin your journey. Is Wyoming Corporate Office your one-stop shop for everything you need for your Wyoming-based business, LLC, or corporation formulation? Yes. Service of process and mail forwarding services? Indeed. Fulfill the legal requirements for small businesses based in Wyoming? Absolutely. Wyoming Corporate Office provides the communication between your business and the state so you don't have to. Learn more by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com today. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with Wrap Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call Wrap Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with Wrap Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning, from the city, I am joined by Mayor of Sheridan, Rich Bridger, and newly elected Councilman, Terry Weitzel. Now, Mr. Mayor, we have got a new Gateway Park Bridge and Pathway. Can you tell me about this? Well, yeah. I mean, we've always been expanding our pathways. I think we have a great pathway system in general. But if you go on the north end of town, Malcolm Wallet Park, we've managed to put a bridge across the creek so that you can go into the Gateway Park, which is on the other side of the interstate. And we've added over uh, about 7,000 new feet of pathway back there. And so you can really have a nice experience. You can literally travel from the south end to the north end on the pathways. Wow. And um and and get your exercise, get your full mother nature experience. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, it's a it's a, it's a nice addition, and um, uh, I recommend if you want to get out and see some sights, those are the nice areas to go to. Now, as the mayor, uh, I know that you've worked with the the rec district for quite some time. How important is that kind of recreation? for a a 
citizenship of a, of a city or an area? You know, it, it really just comes down to a general quality of life thing. You know, getting out, experience your community. We live in a beautiful community, a very safe community. Um, and you get involved with nature. You kind of get involved with uh, that just sense of peace and tranquility and, and um, that whole Zen thing. Yeah, <laughs> the whole Zen <laughs> yeah. thing. Hey, if it works, it works, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Councilman Weitzel, uh, when you and your, your partner, your wife, decided to go ahead and settle here, did pathways or those great trail systems, did any of that play a big part in that decision? No, definitely. I mean, the quality of life here uh, and the pathways is um, uh, you know, a big part of that. Uh, in fact, um, I'll tell you a little story. So I ran into a couple um, in uh, uh, June, shortly after the floods um, in Yellowstone occurred. Yeah. And they had planned on spending two days in Yellowstone. And obviously they weren't able, because this was at the period where uh, everything was closed down in Yellowstone. So they decided to come to Sheridan and spend two days here. And they spent one day up in the mountains, and then they spent uh, the second day here. Uh, in Sheridan, and uh, they were uh, cyclists, and so they had their their, their bikes, and and uh, they did um, the whole pathways. And wow! They were just so blown away by it, and and they took pictures to take back home uh, to show their mayor and, and get something like that going in their community. Oh, really? See, that's that's interesting. Again, here Sheridan is playing a part as a as an example for other cities within the nation. Yes. Uh, something that uh, you can take back, show the mayor, and say, you know what, we need one of these, mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or a few of these. Yeah. Now, when it comes to this bridge, uh, Mr. Mayor, how long did this project take from uh, start to finish? Oh, boy, you're really nailing me down on that one. Um, it was a, probably about, I know I'm going to get corrected on this, but the pathways and everything took about a year to get everything accomplished and get the bridge and the parts ordered and put the pathway down and all that stuff. And when was this decided that somebody said, you know what, we need a new bridge out there? Well, you know, we've already had a master plan. We've always had a master plan for our pathways. And so it's just the next sequence of things that we want to do with the pathway. And so that's being part of the master plan. There's always going to be a project to improve our pathways or our walkways. Right. And then, you know, you go back into the plan when it's starting to get stale or you've accomplished that goal. It's like, well, what else can we do or where else can we go with our pathway? Yeah. That kind of thing. So it's a, it's, it's one of those things that hopefully you always keep in the back of your mind and that you want to keep extending your pathways as, as you grow. So. And like you said, for that quality of life, Within Sheridan. I mean, that is vital. You want to be where you live. Right. Well, and I always harp on this, and I sound like a broken record, but we really live in a terrific community. We got all this natural beauty around us. We got the Bighorn Mountains right out our back door. Um, We have water that we can fish in. We have hunting. We have all sorts of recreational opportunities, which is literally you just walk outside and they're there. Yeah. So... um, I, I just always am amazed at uh, the, the great community that we live in. And, you know, it's one of those situations where if you grew up here, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say this for everybody, but you tend to take that stuff for granted until all of a sudden it's right. gone. Right. Or, or you move to a location where you can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I took my wife uh, on vacation back to where I grew up in Star Valley, uh, south of Jackson Hole, beautiful area, right in the middle of the Rockies. Um, and I thought, I'm going to have to reserve a campsite. I didn't have to do that when I was a kid. 
And I, that's what I wanted to do was kind of share that experience with her. She'd never truly been camping. And I was like, I'll just take you back where I grew up. This is easy. But then I got to thinking, well, now I'm an adult. I can't just go off into, you know, Farmer Johnson's forested area and set up a campsite and have nobody worry about it. So it really kind of shocked me that in this day and age, you know, even in places where you grew up, but those places that used to have that type of freedom, you don't really have much of that anymore. Uh, A lot of it is protected. Right. Or owned. It seems to get more and more every every year of my life anywhere where it's a little more is owned, a little more is restricted. You know, it's just not quite what it was when you were younger, but... Well, it's like Lex Luthor said, buy land. They ain't making any more of it. That's it. (laughs) Make sure you get your share. Now, uh, we've got uh, some AA, or excuse me, ARPA grants, American Rescue Plan Act grants that the city supplied for. Can can we touch on these? Can you elaborate on some of these uh, grants that we've got coming our way? Well... We have one that we've already secured um, through the State Land Investment Board, and that was a, a grant for $2.8 million for our Main Street project. And so um, Hans Mercer, our city engineer, and I went down to Cheyenne to receive that grant, and we're very grateful for that grant as well. But now they have the next tranche or next round of, of ARPA grants that they're going to be made available. And so we have four projects that we're considering putting in for, and so that, but that's going to be a council decision in the end. Mm-hmm. But um, once we decide which ones we think are viable and which ones have our best shot, we're going to submit those for uh, potential grant op- opportunities. Now, uh, this one here Health and Human Services, Capital Construction, Water and Sewer. That sounds kind of self explanatory. Right. And so, really, what this next round of grants are geared for more capital construction than anything else. And so it's a point system. And so um, if you have a capital construction project in this next tranche, it has a better opportunity of being funded than, let's say, a water or sewer uh, design or project. Yeah. Now, uh, let's see. Heading on down here. Um... We've talked about four. We talked about uh, we have the Sheridan area airport transmission main. We've talked about it, that needs some help. So we've talked about putting in for that, but again, that's a that's a water and sewer. So, it, but it's different than the other one. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, we have the northeast. We've talked. We're, we want to stretch our main line out north because we it kind of just stagnates right there at the interstate. And we want to put a main line out that direction for water. So we've talked about that possibly submitting for that. And then, is, is that a, a dip in the toe of uh, a little bit north side development? Yes. Or a toe uh, dipped in the water of that? Yeah, me. yeah, because if you look at where we are at now, um, we can go north, of course, and they're doing a lot of things out north. But west is pretty much um, all secured, and it's high end. Uh, and uh, west, what did I say? Let's see, south is... <laughs> I know, we got to yeah. orient ourselves here, yeah. <laughs> and then west is kind of the same, you know. Kind of right uh, up next to the mountains. Right, there. so east and north are kind of the logical areas to go. Yeah. Uh, part of the problem with east is we don't have really a good water transmission out that direction, and so that's one of the things we've been talking about because that's always been in our master plan to put a transmission line... Th- out that direction, mm-hmm. but we've never had a reason to do that. 
because it was there's was just nothing happening. But now with all this growth, there's potential that it could happen out there. Possible it's developments. Possible development. That's right. So we talked about we 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 really need to put that transmission line in. So that's kind of moved up on that scale of things. So what we want to do. One of those. If you build it, they will come. That's kinda, yeah, sort of yeah. Uh, you know, it, that's one of the important things to getting a, a new development down is having water to it. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to uh, the snow is is a big issue here in town. Let's talk about snow removal that's, just a little that's bit. That's a four-letter word. Yeah, yeah, it's a bad yeah. one. Uh, there was a new ordinance that was passed. Uh, can you explain that to folks? Which one would that be? The the sidewalk. Uh, oh, yeah, Uh Basically, don't throw your sidewalk snow out on the street. Throw it on your yard. And then um, the, the other thing we've talked about that I've talked about uh, as far as um, being a helping hand is um, the Hub has a program where if an elderly person can't do their snow, uh, they're no longer capable of shoveling their snow, you can volunteer down at the Hub to say, hey, you know, if somebody calls and they need, they need their snow to remove from their sidewalk, uh, that you can give me a call. That's a fantastic program. Yeah, so it's a very good program. And uh, uh, is the hub, as far as you know, I know you don't work for the hub, sir, but uh, as far as you know, they get enough volunteers for that type of program? You know, it's. I think volunteers are just like any other. You, you, you can always have never have enough because yeah. a lot of times you may volunteer and say you're willing, but there may become that circumstance where it's, I just can't do it today. So you know, got to find somebody else that's willing to help. Mm-hmm. So it never hurts more. More is better than less. Yeah, yeah. We all get busy. Right. Uh, we all want to give time, but we all get busy. Now, let's talk about the WAM convention. The Wyoming Association of Municipalities is having a winter convention January 25th through the 27th. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is essentially all city leadership throughout the entire state gets together, talks about issues, conducts some training. That's you hit it on the head there. You know, we talk. Uh, the, you know, it's not mandatory to go, but we generally have a few people that want to go to it. But there's some trainings that are involved with that, and of course, we have the what we call the Newey Northeast Wyoming Alliance. So we have our meeting down there as well. So oh, during the convention during itself, the convention. okay. And then a lot of that is they talk about legislative issues that are coming up and the things that the Wyoming Association of Municipalities support. And so we bring that back to our constituents or our legislators and, and ask for their support in regards to those laws or bylaws or, um, yeah, basically yeah. laws. Yeah, uh, yep, as uh, going forward. Um, right. Now, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but right off the top of your head, is there anything uh, uh, going before legislature this year that, that is really on your mind? Mine is always about money. So, uh, and this has nothing to do with WAM, but I always uh, support the idea of direct distribution because we use our direct distribution money. It's about, well, here I am again, I'm guessing again, but it's about 1.9 million of direct distribution that we put into our roads, into our pathways, into our basic city projects. Yeah. And so um, I'm always about making sure that the legislature maintains that giving of those funds to those communities because it's given to communities around the state. Dayton gets a bit of money. Ranchester gets a bit of money. Arveda Claremont gets a bit of money. So, And for those smaller communities, that direct distribution is so vital 
to to projects to because they they don't have the tax revenue to really support anything else, right? No, that's you hit it on the head there. I mean, that money is more vital to them probably than it is to us because if they don't have that money, they don't have projects. Do you feel like that has attacked every uh, budget session? Do you feel like that is something? I I know that there's you know a handful of legislators who really support it, but I also know there's a handful of legislators. I would like to see that money used in, in different ways. Uh, do you feel that you have to defend this thing every time it comes up? Oh, I think you just have to remind them that it is, is vital and it is used well. Uh, but that being said, it's, it's much easier when uh, tax revenues are good, and they've been very good for the state of Wyoming here as of late. So um, we never saw that decline in oil or gas or any of those sort of things. They're yeah. coal. So their their money situation is very good, which makes it easier to fund that. Yeah, but as money gets tighter, then it gets you have to kind of defend it a little. bit. You got to put your gloves on. You right. Got to work. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and and I can completely understand that. I mean, we've got so much that we have to fund here within the state. Uh, I, I want to switch over here to uh, Councilman Weitzel because I do have like a philosophical type of question. I understand, you know, when it comes to American Rescue Plan Act funding. Uh, people are somewhat for it or against it. So as a council member, you see this money coming, and it's not free. Eventually, all of this is going to have to be paid back. Where where do you stand in using this type of money? Well, um, you know, I'm fiscally conservative, but I also realize that, uh, you know, if there are monies available, you know, they're going to go somewhere. And uh, our community should benefit as much as possible from these monies. Uh, and that's where, you know, we need to lobby. We need to, um, you know, get get our uh, state legislators on board with uh, supporting this and, and lobbying down, um, you know, in, in uh, Cheyenne uh, with, with SLIB. And um, anyway, like I said, it's it's available just as, as other grant monies are available and all that. You know, our community uh, needs to benefit from these. Uh, otherwise, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and that's how I feel about that. So apply for it anyway. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Go uh, for it. You know, the old shoot for the stars and hope you hit the moon. Well, that's the thing, though, because it, it's going to go somewhere. So uh, if we can get the money and, and to benefit our community, then I'm all for that. Absolutely. I would agree 110%. Whether or not we stand in, uh, you know, disagreement with the money in the first place, it's still out there it's still going to be spent so it's we might as spent. well exactly. we might as well be the ones to uh you know use it to benefit our residents exactly right. now uh i only have about a minute minute and a half left councilman but i was just going to touch on uh, are you looking forward to uh any the training that you're going to receive uh as far as uh being a new member of council well, it is. There's there's a, a large part of on the job training that <laughs> goes on here. I mean, I did a lot of research, uh, you know, as I was running for city council. Uh, but uh, I'll be the first one to admit, and anyone who uh, says otherwise, that's a new councilman. That uh, there's there's still a lot to learn, and and, and you're learning every day. Uh, yeah. You know, on, on on a lot of things, and and I what what what's really nice is we have wonderful staff, and and uh, staff, um, you know. Whenever I have a question, I can ask them or I can ask the mayor. You know, the mayor's been, uh, you know, on the city council um, and and as mayor for uh, six years now. All right. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me today. And I wish you and everyone at the city 
a very happy new year. You too, Floyd. You Thank too, you, Floyd. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Share it. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sherida Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Happy New Year. Hi, this is Jill Bates with the Best Real Estate Team. I love what I do, getting to help my agents and so many awesome clients with all their real estate needs. 2023 is going to be a great year, and we are committed to making it great with you. It's a choice, so it might as well be great. If you're looking to work with a team that has positive energy, strong work ethic, very knowledgeable, and has you as the client as our number one priority, the Best Team is the only team to work with for all your real estate needs. Call 675-BEST or find us online at bestwy.net. Make it a great day. Moss Holders is creating space for new inventory in the new year. That means tons of in-stock items have been priced to move. All month long, you can save up to 70% off selected items. Every piece of clearance furniture is in stock, and most of them are one of a kind. That means by shopping early, you'll get the best selection of clearance pricing. Whether you're wanting a new sofa, chair, recliner, dining set, or bedroom pieces, Moss Holders has discounted furniture for every room in your home. Start off the new year with a new look at great pricing. Moss Holders clearance sale going on now. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. Do you need to batten down your hatches, but your hatches no longer batten, which leaves you with battenless hatches? It's no good, mate. It's time to rid yourself of your home before the weather comes over the horizon and batters your home further beyond repair. You need Devon at Wire Renovation, love. He'll come out, take a look, and make you an offer, usually cash. I prefer gold or rum. Find out more at wirerenovation.com or on Facebook. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. You said I do. Now you need to visit and enter the new Sheridan Media Bridal Preview Sweepstakes on the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. Not only will you find vendors to help make your wedding day even more special, you can register to win over $1,500 worth of prizes. This year's vendors include Once Upon a Story Boutique, Legacy Diamond and Gems, Ashley Marie Weddings, Best Western Sheridan Center, and Unlocking the Magic Travel with Ashley Rogers. KROE, Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio. KROE!